Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, it is Cincinnati week, so we got to preview the game. A uh, lot going on this week because we had to go through Wisconsin, which is supposed to be a tough game, and it was for 50 minutes. You know, uh, and then we made some plays. We won the game. It looked bigger than it really was, let's be honest. But we made it to 4 0. And there's still things we can do better and we need to improve upon if we want to continue down this road. So, what type of test does Cincinnati provide? I don't know. I, I, I'm going to talk about it, but that's going to be a common theme because I don't know. These group of five teams are, are fickle. That w- that wasn't meant to be a pun, but it's Luke Fickle. They're fickle. Now, I I don't know, but let's jump into it. This is going to be kind of quick. Do a Cincinnati preview, talk about what we can do, what we need to improve upon, and let's look forward to the game in two days. So, you know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. All right, so first things first. We are depending on where you look, anywhere from like a point and a half to a two and a half point underdog at home against a group of five team. That just sounds bad. That just sounds bad. I mean, but then you look elsewhere and it's like Notre Dame has a, you know, 55, 60% chance to win. And, you know, if you look at the rosters, there's no reason we shouldn't win the game. Uh, But, you know, as we know, the game is not played on paper. But between... Offense and defense, Cincinnati has got one four-star starting on their offense or defense. They're starting 22. There's only one four-star. Now, that one four-star is Jerome Ford, who used to play at Alabama. And, well, that says something in itself. But look at last week, Ches Malusi. He used to play at Clemson. He showed up and we squashed him, right? So you just look at the rosters. That alone says Notre Dame should win. You know, we've got four stars sprinkled all over our starting lineup with a five-star in Michael Mayer. In fact, offensively versus their defense, the only three-star we have is Jack Cohn. And then Kate Madden from Marshall, but we got a bunch of four and five star dudes going against three star and a two star. So like, come on, we, we gotta, we can't lose this team, but let's talk about what could happen. Let's talk about their team. Let's see what we got. Right. And before I go any further, we are having another hashtag Irish wear green, green out Saturday. Which is cool. I love green. You guys see my posts on Twitter. I love the green on Notre Dame. But why is it just for the fans? Uh, Why can't the players wear green? And honestly, 
looking ahead, I'm saying it's a group of five team. I'm saying it's an American athletic team. I get all that. But this might be the the biggest game the rest of our season. Even though if we continue to win, each game is that goes on is our next biggest game. But USC already has two losses. North Carolina already has two losses. I'm not worried about Virginia Tech. So what's left? It, it might be this game. So if you want to be all green out, green this, green that, get the players involved, and this is the game to do it. I know it sounds wild because I'm saying, oh, it's Cincinnati. How are we going to lose our, uh, what, 27-game home win streak to a Cincinnati, some group of five team in the middle of, you know, like that ain't going to happen. But then I'm also saying, well, this is the game where you got to go all green. But it is an Irish wear green. It is a green out. <clears throat> if you're going to the game, awesome. Wear your green. Be loud. Because Desmond Ritter seems to think that it's not going to be loud, according to him. When Mike Denbrock, who used to be at Notre Dame, uh, questioned Ritter about the the sound or the noise or whatever, he he said it, it shouldn't be loud for too long. Well, Mr. Ritter, I I, I hope you are so wrong because I've got a surprise for my next podcast after we win on Saturday. My my. Notre Dame Cincinnati recap should be fun. Should we win? With uh, the being too loud, just remember that it's too loud. But okay, let's talk about Cincinnati. They haven't played anybody. Okay, guys, they they played Miami of Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana. And let's be honest, Indiana is coming back to earth. They had a nice little run. It seemed like when they had Michael Penix, or they have. Still have them. But they just they didn't really... They look nice. They were a nice, fun story. It's just not what... it's. They're back to Indiana football is what it is. It's basketball school. Miami, Ohio, and Murray State. So their schedule doesn't really say a lot to me. They're only giving up 15 points a game. That seems nice. Right? Like, that's what they're averaging. Because they beat Murray State 42-7. to and they beat Miami Ohio 49 to 14. They only beat Indiana 38 to 24, which I find funny. And the reason I find it funny is like look at that 14 point win against uh Indiana. Or like 14 point win. They just ran away with it. It was a six point game with under three minutes to go. So but if Notre Dame uh, pulls away at the end, regardless of how we do it, it's, well, in reality, and I've said it, I've, I've said that in reality, the game was a lot closer than the scoreboard, but why are we not saying that about Cincinnati when the exact same fucking thing happened? Why? Because it's Notre Dame and you got to hate Notre Dame and however you can make your fucking square peg fit in your round hole about I hate Notre Dame, the narrative has to work, so you make up your own bullshit to make sense. It's just, it's ridiculous. So, Indiana did the same, or, Cincinnati did the same thing with Indiana as we did with Wisconsin. But somehow, someway, Indiana's is so much more impressive. In fact, to me, it's less impressive because they were down 14-0. But they came back. They were down 14-0. And then they won by 14. That's amazing. Now, the fact is you were down 14-0 to Indiana. That's not amazing at all, actually. And the reason you won is because Indiana's not good at football. Okay, let's go back the week before that. Um, You were tied with Murray State at the half, 7-7. 
And in fact, towards the end of the third quarter, it was still 14-7. to Then you look at the final score and you're like, oh my God, they destroyed them. Look at, look at the score. 42-7, to holy smokes. Again, if Notre Dame did that, the narrative would be you struggled with Murray State for two and a half, almost three quarters, but because it's Cincinnati, it's okay. They literally, guys, they didn't make the score twenty-one to fourteen or twenty-one to seven. Excuse me, it was fourteen to seven. They made the score twenty-one to seven with four fifty-eight to go in the third quarter. Five minutes to go in the third quarter, they played two and three quarters of football, and were only beating Murray State fourteen to seven. But you look at the and they scored their last touchdown with a minute to go to make it forty-two to seven. But again. It's Cincinnati. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants to love that story. So, well, they look at they're running away with it. Yeah, not really. Miami, Ohio. That game. All right. They were up forty-two to nothing at the half. But my takeaway from that game is Miami, Ohio ran for hundred and fifty something yards, 60, 169 yards against them, and then you got idiots going well. The game was over, so you know we didn't even try. Okay, well, I did the math, and they got most of the yards in the second half, which I found that odd. You were down 42 to nothing, but they're still running the ball. Is what it is, whatever. But what I found interesting, I'm not looking at yardage, whatever. What matters to me and what Notre Dame needs to worry about is your yards per carry, because I'm going to come back to this. I'm not worried about how many times you run the ball. Fuck that. We can't run it. However... If you do run it, and I think it needs to be selective and very limited, it's the yards per carry that are going to matter. So, you can talk shit about how you're up 42 to nothing, and the defense stopped carrying, whatever. Well, guess what? In the first half when the game still mattered, you could argue, I mean, it still mattered, Miami Ohio was running for 3.4 yards per carry, 3.4. In the second half, they were running for 3.5 yards per carry. So don't. it wasn't like they were running for a yard per carry. Cincinnati was just stuffing them, stuffing them, stuffing them. Then they ran off five yards of carry in the second half because Cincinnati stopped carrying. No, not even a little bit. It was basically the same. They, they ran it more times in the second half, but the yards per carry were nearly identical. And it was a fair number, 3.5. In fact, so fair that you know who's going to be the worst rush defense we play so far of our four games? I'm oh, sorry. Five games. Cincinnati. They're going to be... Oh, no, I guess Florida State's pretty bad. But I actually... I'm be honest, I, I didn't even count them. Like, they're, they're not even on my radar. I'm like, we, we should have been in overtime with that team, guys. Like, let's just call it what it is. They're not good. But Wisconsin, Purdue, Toledo. Those three games. Cincinnati has the worst rush defense. They gave up 160 yards per game. Wisconsin was number one. So, not surprisingly, we ran the ball like garbage against them. Purdue is ranked number 42. Toledo is ranked number 68. Cincinnati is all the way down to 78. Now, does that mean we're going to run the ball? If I want to say, sure. I just, it's like teams are rushing for 160 yards against them a game. Murray State ran for 93. Murray State ran for 93 yards against Cincinnati. And I swear to God, guys, if we can't even run for like 50 yards, we we have issues. We have problems. 
And maybe these teams are running against Cincinnati because you can, obviously. I mean, Miami, I said, put up 169. IU put up 152. And again, Murray State almost got to 100. And Murray State was hanging with them for three, two and three quarters quarters. So, but the reason they might be running is because they can't pass. Cincinnati ranks number 17 in pass defense, 166 yards per game. I think we can do better than that for the simple fact that we have the dudes to do it. I don't believe Miami, Ohio, and Murray State and IU, despite Penix and, uh, well, Fry Ogle, Freagle. I, I haven't looked him up. I know you know what I'm trying to say, guys. <laughs> IU receiver, Fry Ogle. <laughs> Never mind. You know who I'm talking about. Maybe those two guys have some skills that can be, you know, utilized to take advantage of uh, a bunch of three-star secondary guys. Notre Dame absolutely does. We got a bunch of four-star dudes and Michael Mayer. I think we can beat that 166 number. So, are we going to be able to run? The numbers say we should. I don't know that we can. We haven't seen it. What... What evidence is there to say we're going to run the ball other than you're looking at Cincinnati's defense and going, well, it's possible. I don't know. But I I feel like a lot of these numbers are the, – the rushing numbers are legit. I, I, I think that's – like people are running the ball on them. But the passing numbers I think are skewed because they don't have the guys that can, can beat them through the air. But – and I don't know what defensive sets they're using. If they're doing this three-down lineman crap, I mean, I think anybody can run on that. I mean, we've done it. So, you know, but total defense, Cincinnati is pretty good. They're 34th in the country. They'll only give up 327 yards a game. You know, they're, they're giving up, uh, like I said, uh, like 15. I've seen two different things. One was 15. The other was 19. All I know what it was, they, they took out the Murray State number. So they're giving up 19 points a game. But, hey, I don't know. I Their defense, does, I, I don't know what to make of their defense. I really don't. Because their competition hasn't really given a ton of evidence. And like I said, Indiana, six-point game with less than three minutes ago. Murray State, at the start of the fourth quarter, was only a 21-7 game. And it just... You know, there's a, a lot of things that, to me, indicate they're not as good as people want them to be. So, I really like our chances, but they got some players. They, they still have some players that are making a name for themselves and otherwise. Uh, linebackers, uh, Deshaun Pace, Darian Beavers, we need to look out for those guys. Deshaun Pace is a sophomore. <clears throat> He's a leading tackler. And uh, Beavers is leading. He's a linebacker leading the team in sacks. Now, here's the thing about sacks. I brought this up on purpose. Think about sacks. They've only sacked the opposing quarterback four times this year. What does that mean for us? I have no idea. I have no idea because our offensive line seems to be allowing sacks to everybody. Does that mean... <clears throat> I mean, four sacks in three games, that's 
you know, barely a little over one again, what one point three a game. That's nothing crazy, you know. But right now we're at the very bottom, like I think twenty sacks through four games. We're giving up like five sacks a game, guys. It's not awesome. We got to fix this. Can it be fixed? I don't know. Uh, I think it's gonna be a scheming thing. But again, I will talk about what I feel like we need to do here in a second. You know, but defensively, I'm just not sold on Cincinnati. You know, I I don't think they're going to be able to completely stop us from doing something. Does that mean we're going to score 50 points? No, not even close. Hell no. I think we can get to the 30s. In fact, I'll tell you now, my prediction is we went 31 to 20. I think we get to 30, and our defense is going to slow down their offense, which is where they're going to have to win. They're not going to win the game defensively. They're not going to be like Wisconsin, you know, where it was like, hey, if our defense can, much like Notre Dame even, if our defense can keep us in the game, we just need the offense to make like a couple plays. No, I think Cincinnati is the opposite. Our offense is going to win this game for us. The defense just has to bend, not break. But I'm just looking at previous games, and Cincinnati fans want to tell you one thing, and i like, well, guess what? I did some homework, and, you know, you can sugarcoat it and, you know, piss rainbows all you want all over your, your cake. It's not you're, – you're pointing at Notre Dame saying, oh, the Wisconsin game wasn't really close. You only ran away with it at the end. Well, when we started to run away with it, it was already a 14-point game. In case you didn't know. Oh, sorry, 11-point game. Sorry, I had the, I said I had 27, uh, 24-13. It was an 11-point game when we started running away with it. And that was Wisconsin, mind you. Cincinnati was in a 7-point game with Murray State with 5 minutes to go in the third quarter. They were in a 6-point game with Indiana with under 3 minutes to go. But again, look, a forty-two to seven beat Murray State, beat Indiana by fourteen, and we're going to completely neglect the de- the finer points. But when it comes to Notre Dame, we're going to we're gonna, that's the that's the storyline. It's not that they won by twenty-eight; it's how close it was with ten minutes to go, and they were losing entering the fourth quarter. It's not that they came back and did the right things and pressured Mertz and everything uh, they'd been doing and scheming. All of a sudden, all came together. Nope, that wasn't the storyline, not even a little bit. It was that we struggled with a weak Wisconsin team, and we were losing in the fourth quarter. Um, Cincinnati was losing to Indiana by 14 in the very early parts of that game. Is that talked about? Yes, it is, but in this way. Oh, they're so resi- such a resilient team. They're on the road. Big 10. They, they made all the right adjustments and came back strong. And like, It's just it's comical, guys. It's so fucking comical. It's it's so typical when you're dealing with Notre Dame. It's whatever they have to fl- they flip the script whatever fits the narrative. Because I'm telling you guys, everybody's picking Cincinnati to win. Go look on Twitter. I'm not going to read them for you. There's too many of them. That's how bad it is. Everyone want to go to the Athletic if you're a subscriber. I'm not because I'm I don't have time to read people shitting on Notre Dame. I can go just go to Twitter and do it and. 
People aren't getting paid to do it. People who are getting paid to do it still shit on us. We've won how many games in the last four years? How many straight at home? Who cares, right? Cincinnati's going to beat us. Cincinnati's going to beat us. The minute we beat Cincinnati, guess what? Cincinnati's not that good of a team. You already know what's happening. You already know what's coming. You already know. And when Cincinnati beats us, is the story going to be that Cincinnati beat a top 10 Notre Dame team? Sort of. That will be kind of the narrative. But it's going to be Notre Dame isn't really that good. Look at that. Notre Dame isn't. They're overrated again. Overrated again. Well, hang on. If Cincinnati's that good, how, again, like, your head's going to hurt, guys. You can't do the mental gymnastics that are required to keep up with the bullshit narratives that go left, right, backwards, frontwards, upside down, sideways, twist around, turn into a fucking pretzel. You can't keep up. Nobody can. It's ridiculous. So, yes, you're going to hear Cincinnati beat Murray State 42-7. You're going to hear them. They beat Indiana by 14. But when you look at the finer points, it's not as pretty. Just like our Wisconsin 41-13 win, it wasn't as pretty as you as the score indicates. And if you're with me and listen to me, you can understand that and, and get where I'm coming from. Okay? So, with that in mind, I just... I don't know. I don't see their defense being that that difficult to navigate. They lost their defensive coordinator, by the way. I didn't even mention that yet. Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman. They are now at Notre Dame in South Bend. They made their name at Cincinnati to get the opportunity to be at Notre Dame, and they jumped at it. And Cincinnati fans are bitter and angry and whatever. It's piss off. I mean, come on. You're, you really think that any coach, Luke Fickle, now, you really think he's going to hang out in Cincinnati for the long haul? It's it's just not that kind of place. It's just not. Now, I don't blame Cincinnati fans for feeling the way they feel. They were close with Brian Kelly. They are getting closer again with Luke Fickle. And they have a, a similar mindset that we do. We haven't won shit since 88, guys. We haven't we haven't won anything. We haven't even won like a big bowl game. Like we've literally won nothing since '88. We're getting back there. Okay. Now, obviously, our history trumps Cincinnati's a million times over. But if you're talking about recency bias and recent history, Notre Dame and Cincinnati are coming in with with a similar mindset. Like we need to break through. Our breaking through is different than their breaking through. So the, the details are a little bit different. They just want to make it to the playoff. They just want to be recognized. We want to win the whole damn thing. But point being is it's been so long for us and it's been never for them that they're just so hungry for it and, and anxious for it. And I can I can I can see that, you know, from their perspective. But the fact of the matter is you can't be mad that Freeman and Brian Kelly left Cincinnati for Notre Dame. You got to be out of your mind if you think that was some sort of slight at Cincinnati. So just stop it. Stop with the nonsense. Like you really thought they were going to stick around for forever. Please. No, they were not. You know that. I know that. Everyone and their grandmother knows that. So just deal with it. Now, Real quick, so we're about to talk about the offense of Desmond Ritter and Jerome Ford and all these guys, right? 
who has the advantage? You know, I feel like if, and I, you got to assume Marcus Freeman is given all the information he can provide to Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly as far as what to expect from their offense. But as well, you know, uh, from Cincinnati's offensive side, like Freeman knows some stuff there too. Hey, here's what we can look for. Here's what, what, you know, the, they can do that we, we need to uh, prepare for and all that kind of stuff. So how uh, we can, you know, set up their, how their defense is going to play our offense. He knows what those guys are capable of. So it's just, there's a lot of crossover happening, right? And I think we have the advantage be, as the coaches and I say that because look at last week. Now, Cone going down kind of didn't really play out the narrative of, you know, Cone revenge game against Wisconsin or anything like that. But I heard some people talking about it, and you, maybe you could see it. It was a little bit – some some of the throws weren't typical Jack Cone. You'd think maybe he was, he was a little excited because he's the player. Marcus Freeman and Brian Kelly aren't on the field. They're not going to have those – those jitters or whatever you want to call them. I have a feeling these Cincinnati players still feel slighted by Marcus Freeman. Not so much Brian Kelly. That was years and years and years ago. The fans are still saying, screw Brian Kelly. But the players have a maybe a certain, like, man, you, like at Marcus Freeman, that could affect their play in a negative way. You know, you would think it would be a positive, but you never know. So I think from, a, from that, you're like, who – who has a better spot in that little, or has a better advantage. If anything, it's it's Kelly and Freeman and Mickens, you know, all those guys. But you look at Cincinnati's offense. Desmond Ritter, you know, the, it shouldn't be too loud for a long guy. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. He's already taken five sacks this year. So he's taken more sacks than their defense has uh, gotten. And here's the thing. I said this earlier as in the season preview. When we talked about Cincinnati, something I said that people were completely just look, over overlooking, just glossed over, who cares? It's nothing. You know, Cincinnati's coming back. They're going to be strong. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. Well, guess what? They lost both of their tackles, okay? That's not – with our defensive line, I'm sorry. You're – you – that can't be overlooked. That just can't be overlooked. It's it's an important position. Guys, offensive tackle, is that an important position? Look at our situation. Tell me it's not an important position. It absolutely is. So that's where I feel like we have a huge advantage because they have to replace both their tackles. And people don't want to, uh, you know... Not so much talk. They, they really want Cincinnati to win this thing. That's what it is, guys. They want Cincinnati to beat us. And I just don't see it. And like I said, the thing for me is they have to replace both offensive tackles. Uh, they have to replace both safeties. I just... And you just look at the recruiting. The guys that are going to be on the field. It's just... The, their average like ranking... Oh, 2019, 2020, 2021. Most of the kids that are going to be on the field... Uh, their recruiting rankings were 66, 41, 42. You know, in that same time frame, Notre Dame was 15, 18, 9. 
again, going back to the roster, that alone should be enough to win this game. But obviously it's deeper than that because we got four stars across our offensive line. And terrible. So, but, you know, Ritter's five sacks, and they haven't even played <clears throat> us. And we know, I've said it, we've seen it. It's actually been talked about. This is the positive people talk about with Notre Dame football. Our defensive line is pretty damn good. It's really good. And if we get all four, I'm going to say that again. If we get all four, and I, I did like the 4-4 last week. I'm not going to lie. I did like the 4-4. I don't know if it's going to work against Cincinnati so much. But we need four down linemen. We can get pressure. Those two new tackles, they're going to be in for a world with the dudes we have coming off the edges. MTA and Foskey and uh, Amendola and Botello. It, bring it and keep bringing it and then bring some more. So, I just look at Ritter's numbers, <clears throat> and they're not all that impressive. You know, he's a 65% passer. He's thrown seven touchdowns to two picks. So, he's played Miami, Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana, and already has two picks. Now, granted, the two picks were against Indiana, but still, you know, he's thrown for like 240 a game, yardage-wise. Uh... But they just really haven't played anybody. And then you look at their running back, Jerome Ford, the Alabama transfer. Uh, last week was a Clemson transfer. Last week they had two weeks to prepare. This week they've got two weeks to prepare again, which I've already mentioned. And I put it on Twitter. They're, you know, uh, the next how many weeks we got, every opponent has two weeks to prepare. I mean, shit, Virginia Tech's already hyping up the game against us because they don't have a game this weekend. They got nothing better to do except hype up Notre Dame because that's their next game. Why? Because they got two weeks to prepare. Everybody gets a damn bye week. But we're not that important. We're not their Super Bowl. I got a question real quick. If Notre Dame is irrelevant and we're no good and we're overrated and all that kind of stuff, why do you need two weeks to prepare for that? I just, I need to know. Why do you need two weeks to prepare for a team that isn't very good? It's overrated. It's like the... The logic and reasoning doesn't doesn't match up. Again, guys, the mental gymnastics required to keep up with the Notre Dame hate is is pretty extensive. It's it's honors calculus is what it is. You, good luck. You can't do it. It's very very hard. Very very difficult. But so Jerome Ford, Alabama transfer, he's averaging six yards a carry. And he's got five or six touchdowns already. So. That's going to be something we have to watch. But again, we just did it last week. I really feel like we can do it again. And it's Cincinnati with a worse offensive line. And you can challenge me on that, but what is Wisconsin and Notre Dame? You go back and forth on Twitter. Who's all on you? It's Wisconsin. It's Notre Dame. It's Wisconsin. It's Notre Dame. And obviously Alabama has made their claims in there with their guys. But Wisconsin is known for developing offensive linemen. And we shut them the fuck down. So I'm really, I'm feeling like Cincinnati's not going to really do much. You know what I'm saying? And their second leading rusher is Desmond Ritter at 3.6 yards a carry. That's the one thing we need to worry about. Whether it was, I'm not even going to say Van Gorder. I'm going to say it not, I'm not even going to put him into this equation. But like Elko and, uh, or Diaco, Elko, uh, Lee. And, you know, I haven't really, we haven't really seen it with Freeman, but mobile quarterbacks just give our team fits, man. We we just 
It looks like we got the play all. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, Jordan Travis did it a little bit. Let's be real. Jordan Travis did it against us with Florida State. It looked like the play was over, and then it wasn't. So we can't let Ritter, who is an athletic quarterback, beat us with his legs. We can't do it. We cannot do it. And we've got the athleticism on the defensive side of the ball to let him to keep him from doing that. We're not going to let him do it. We shouldn't. We have the dudes to stop that. But we got to look out for that. The straight-up run game with Jerome Ford, I'm not too concerned about that. I'm worried about Ritter in those broken plays or design runs even where, okay, now he's the runner, so you have an extra blocker. But getting that pressure and then it just, that's something to look out for. Because passing, there's not really, I mean, who's the threat? Their leading receivers are Tyler Scott, Alec Pierce, and Michael Young Jr. You might recognize that name. I know you do. Um, But those, their leading receiver, Tyler Scott, in terms of yardage, seven catches, 172 yards. Alec Pierce, nine catches, 150 yards. Michael Young, eight catches, 110 yards. Nothing really jumps off the page for the receivers. So I I just don't see them being able to do much offensively. So I feel like it's going to be much like last week. Our defense is going to show up and stop Cincinnati. Our offense has to do something. Just, just something. You know, because if you just compare the, you know, statistically compare the numbers, our strength of schedule that so far, which is, I don't even know, 14th, I don't know where that number came from, whatever, it is what it is, strength of schedule is 14th, Cincinnati's is 42, so, but, you know, the rushing offense is averaging 182.5 yards per game, you know how much Wisconsin averaged? I'm bringing this up on purpose. So Cincinnati is running for 182.5 yards per game. Again, the Jerome Ford, 6 yards a carry. Ritter, 3.6 yards a carry. They like they, they want to run the ball a little bit. And I, I just I haven't seen anything from Ritter. He's not, no grand burst. He's not that bad, but I just don't know how good he is. But so they're, they're running 182 yards a game. Wisconsin was averaging 200 yards per game. And what did we do to them? That's my point. We were doing it to Wisconsin. I don't see Cincinnati as a concern offensively. Like they're and their passing offense, they're only throwing, like I said, or sorry, two fifty a game. Well, I guess uh, Ritter didn't throw. He, he there was some garbage time in there, I think, against uh, Miami, Ohio. But uh, Cincinnati's past offense is fifty first in the country. Our passing game going against their defense is two uh, twenty five. We are two eighty six a game. I think we can keep doing that. I see that as a, a real thing. We can continue to throw the ball. And we can do it successfully. So, you know, we're, our rush defense only given up 129 yards per game. And that seems like a lot. But I feel like most of that, if you think back, was really the Florida State game going three down linemen. That's where we screwed it up. You know? But... Their offense doesn't really scare me. It really doesn't, guys. It does not. Defensively, they they don't, I don't know. It's weird. I'm just, it's got to be Notre Dame hate and just only focusing on our struggles 
which is fair. But Cincinnati hasn't looked great either, guys. They really haven't. Go take take the time. Look at their statistics. Look at their how the games have played out. It's not what they the media and their fans want you to believe. If you're lazy and you just take everybody's word for it, then yeah, it, you're going to believe it. It sounds all great, grand, and wonderful, and it's fucking lollipops and rainbows. But when you dive into the, the details of it, Cincinnati has not been that great. So, does that mean we're going to absolutely win? I can't say that about our team. I, I can't go that far. I think we're going to win 31-20, but I have enough stress alone. I'm not about to put my money on a game, a game. I've done it for the season, but I'm not going to do it for the game. I just, that's, I can't, I can't do it. But, just looking at this game, previewing this game, I just don't see all the hype as to why Cincinnati not only is projected to win, but is a favorite. I don't see it. You know, again, just roster alone, we should win this game. But, it's going to take more than just the roster alone, as we've learned. So, defense, guess what? I'm not worried. I'm not. Marcus Freeman knows what the fuck Ritter and Ford and all them cats can do. Literally, cats. They're bear cats. I know he knows what those cats can do. We're going to stop them from doing what they want to do. And I, I, I'm i saying they're going to get to 20 because I just feel like something funny is going to happen and one of the few playmakers they do have, like even Michael Young, let's call it what it is, He can he's a baller. Uh, they, they, maybe they break a play. We've seen it already with Marcus Freeman's defense. And maybe that happens, and that's how they get to their 20. You know, because I, I could easily see it being a thir- another 13-point game from Cincinnati. But on our side, how long have I been going here? Like 30-something. I'll try to wrap this up as quick as I can because I don't want to go this long just for the preview. But I get excited, and I watch me for the changes, as always. Please. Um, we got to play to our strengths. We just have to play to our strengths. Our strength is not running the ball. A strength of ours is not running the football. Again, a yard per carry thing? Sure. Let's let's run it a few times. If we can get three to four yards, I will I will be thrown to pieces. Because the problem we're doing is we're we're doing what works and then we just stop to try to fit again, Tommy Reese playing bingo. He's trying to like fit a certain number of I don't I don't know, balance, whatever. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Do what works to win the game. You know, uh, I know a lot of you listening to me right now, and uh, if you do, please give me the five stars, all that stuff. I'm only I'm only audio. I don't have the the YouTube thing going yet. Maybe one day, but uh, you know, add five foot nothing pod. Follow me. You know, interact with me, man. I love it, guys. Please do, but. I'm going to uh, give props to another podcast, and I know you guys listen to it as well. Uh, a lot of you do anyway. Always Irish. John, he said it best when he was previewing this game. That at what point do you accept the fact that you cannot run the ball and scrap it to do what works? Or are we going to continue to try to run the ball because you want to run the ball? There's got to be a point where you decide there's a difference between want to and can to. Like that, that decision has to be made because 
it's going to bite us in the ass. I don't know if it's going to be Cincinnati. But it could have been Wisconsin. Because we ended up with a missed field goal after pass, 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 moving the ball, moving the ball, momentum, 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 on the heels, on their heels, on their heels, to let's run the ball and completely stick our fucking dicks in the dirt for no apparent reason. Run it up our own ass. Like, we, we have to make a decision, guys. We cannot run the ball. Be selective. I'm not saying completely never run the ball. I'm not I'm not asking for Texas Tech 66 yard or 66 passes a game. I'm not saying that. But if we gotta throw it 40 times, 45 times, it is what it is. Do what works. Do what works. Find out what works. So from that with that in mind, what works at a, as our quarterback? Who knows? Who's healthy? If Cone is healthy, he's gonna get the start. Here's my problem. If he's not 100%, he does not need to be on the field. Because he's already immobile enough as he is. Now he's going to have a bum ankle. Like that's just a recipe for disaster. I've already described your these so many set-up-to-fail set situations with him. And now not only are we going to set him up to fail with the play design, now we're going to give him a bad ankle. That feels like the wrong choice. Call me crazy. So unless he is 100%, which, again... His mobility is cinder blocks for feet. I don't. He's he's got to be a hundred percent. But um, if he is, he gets to start because I think his arm can do some damage with our playmakers, Austin and Lindsey and Mayer and even Williams out of the backfield, Tyree out of the backfield, Avery Davis. Uh, the list goes on. We've got dudes to make plays. But if he's not good, I think Pine needs to get the start. Which is crazy because I wouldn't have said that before uh, last week. Then you see Pine. Dude's got some swagger. The McGregor strut. I mean, come on, guys. That was pretty badass. Have you seen the gif? That, that's money. That is such a money gif right there. Uh, the McGregor strut. But he seemed to make quick decisions. Some of that might be Wisconsin wasn't prepared for him. And he's just keeping it simple. But that's fine. We can do that. He, he did have some little uh, zip on the ball. But I also think Pine should get the start because how healthy is Buckner? Who knows? But I Pine is kind of a happy medium between uh, Cone and uh, Buckner in terms of mobility. So he's got a little bit of that. But Buckner's the, the mobile guy, right? And I wouldn't be shocked if Cone is 100%. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw all three quarterbacks, guys. How insane would that be? Because here's the thing. Again, I said it last week. Not last week. I said it uh, post-game with the Wisconsin review. It, it's not that one quarterback is bad or needs to be benched or otherwise. Our offensive line is now impacting our decision as to who to play a quarterback. It's not because Cone doesn't have an arm and he's not good at what he does because he is good at what he does. The problem is with his lack of mobility and our offensive line, it's a recipe for disaster. So when I was recapping the Wisconsin game, I mentioned like, okay, now what do we do at quarterback? Because it's not an issue of who's good or who's not. It's like who who can work in conjunction with the bad offensive line. Like our bad offensive line is now becoming the focal point in the worst way possible. We have to make a quarterback decision based on how bad they are. So it's Buckner because he can move around. It's Pine because he can move a little bit more than Cone. And it's Cone only if, 
Like they all, it's like they all have their own little package. You know, Cone can be the quarterback if we do quick read stuff and he gets rid of the ball within like two seconds. We can be that can be Cone. Pine can run a little more extensive offense with a little mobility. And Buckner, it's gonna be having to mostly run stuff because maybe he's not quite there with the uh, the reads defensively to to make the right pass. It's just it's crazy, guys. But we just need to do what we can do and do it often. That's pass the ball. That's get the ball in players' hands like Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams, and it doesn't have to be a fucking handoff. And keep finding Austin. Keep trying to hit Lindsey because he keeps getting open, and we got to find him. Avery Davis, keep making the clutch plays. Michael Mayer, do your thing. And if you're... Even just a, being a decoy is huge because Michael Mayer, they want to they want to spy on him. Go for it. We got other dudes that can make plays. And it'd be nice if we got some special teams action again. That would be tremendous. You know, we'll see. But so to to bring it all together, I haven't seen enough from Cincinnati to tell me that I should be overly concerned about what they're capable of. And don't let these fucking idiot Bearcat fans tell you that they dominated Murray State because that's not true. Don't let them tell you that they destroyed Indiana because that's not true. Okay? They they have played very similar games as to what we played. But they're Cincinnati and we're Notre Dame. And we're going to get the hate and they're going to get propped up because they're a group of five and they, everybody wants to root for the underdog. But huh? What? We're the underdog. Go figure that shit out. So Desmond Ritter... It's going to be loud. It's going to stay loud. And I've got a surprise because I learned some information about Cincinnati. I learned something about Cincinnati. And when we win, the recap episode should be a blast. So get your green gear ready. Rock and roll. Irish car bombs will be had. Again, special guests pending. That could be a thing. We'll see. But play to our strengths. Do what we got to do to win. It's all about can, not want. Can you do it? I don't care if you want to do it. You got to be able to do it. So, and Marcus Freeman is going to shut down Desmond Ritter. Their defense is a mystery. It seems good. Maybe not. Can we run the ball? Can we not? We're about to find out, guys. Two days. Let's do it. Go Irish. Beat Bearcats. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.